You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena, the parochial vicar of St. Anne's Parish in Butte, Montana, and chaplain of Butte Central Catholic Schools. Enjoy. Praise be our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. You know, our last experience of a king in America was when we put together a collection of 27 grievances against His Majesty George III, which he ignored to his detriment. And we followed it with the Declaration of Our Independence, which changed the course of history. We're not big fans of kings here in the U.S. Yet here we stand as Catholics, declaring ourselves subservient to another king. And not just any king, but we name him the King of the Universe. There's nothing democratic about this feast. You know, we, we have no right to make grievances. We can't claim any inalienable rights from this king. Nor can we rebel against him. And he admits he's a demanding ruler. He says, I harvest where I have not sown, and I gather where I have not scattered seed. So are we taking part in a sort of un-American event right now? Shouldn't we just name Jesus like the president of the universe so that it can be more familiar to us? I think the question here that we're asking is, what is a king? What is the role of a king? And why did we rebel against our own king on 4th of July in 1776? I think we can actually look back to the story of Israel to find the answer to that. It's, It's just prior to our first reading, that Israel received a king. They hadn't been a a nation ruled by kings prior to Saul. And Samuel was the prophet, the last prophet before the kings. And, And the people came to him and they said, Samuel, give us a king. We want to be like all the other nations. We want a king. And he said, you're being stupid. You don't need a king. God is your king. And they said, we want a king. Anoint a king for us. So he takes it to the Lord And the Lord said, give them what they want, but give them this warning first, because this is what kings do. And so the Lord says to him, your king will take your sons and put them in his military. He will take your daughters and make them cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and your vineyards and your groves, and he will give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of everything you have for for his own. You know, it would be great if we were only taxed 10% of our income. That actually would be pretty nice these days. And you will cry out on that day and the Lord will not listen. You know, this is the story of almost every king in human history. There's few exceptions to corrupt kingships. Even in Christendom, even amongst Christian kings, there's few exceptions. God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to only have one king, and that would be him. So, so why do we give... What, if, if there's so much corruption in that title, why do we name Jesus the king of the universe? I think we look to our gospel today to see what real kingship looks like. Because Jesus doesn't show that he's a king with some, some act of worldly power or some oppression of his enemies. He shows it on the cross. That's the, that's the fundamental place where he shows us how to be a king. The onlookers look at him and they say, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. 
They deride him. And that's because an earthly king would do that. That's what earthly kings do. They save themselves at all costs. But Jesus is no earthly king, and his kingdom is not of this world. So we can boast of the cross while simultaneously calling Jesus our king. Because it's in that that he shows us how to rule. That Jesus shows us how how to live out the authority we've been given in this world. We learn how to do that from the cross. Because as Americans, we hate being ruled. That's why we set up our society so that the government, as much as possible, just leaves us alone. That was the goal of the Constitution. For the government to do as little as possible for its people. But we know that it's necessary uh, on some level in order for the world to function. But if our rulers modeled their lives after the Lord, after Jesus Christ, the world would be a different place altogether. You know, after the cross, to rule is to put yourself between your people and the enemy, whatever that enemy is. That's what it means to rule, to die for those over whom you've been given authority. I had the honor of watching our new bishop, Austin Anthony Vetter, be ordained this past week. It's not an office he asked for. It was one that he was chosen for, which I also think is, is right in that sense. But he took it upon himself. He accepted the authority. You know, the first, the first thing that a bishop's given as a sign of his authority, even before he's ordained, is the, is the pectoral cross. If you see bishops, they always have that chain with the cross on it. And he's given that before he's even ordained to show him already how he is to rule once he's ordained a bishop. And the first thing he does in the ordination is that he lays before the altar. He prostrates himself before the altar in a, in a posture of total vulnerability while we call upon the saints in the litany to pray for him, to give him strength for what he needs to do in his office. And then he gets up and he kneels down before the altar again and we take the book of the Gospels and we put it on his head and pray for him as a sign that no matter what he says, the word of God always has authority over him. Nothing he can say is not subject to the gospel. And he obediently accepted that authority. Uh, And then he walked up to the ambo at the end of the mass to sort of thank everyone. And I couldn't help but think, I would die for this man because I know he would die for me. And that's how someone ought to rule. That's the rule of the gospel. The law of charity rules in the church. The more we subject ourselves to that law, the more we rule as Christ rules, and the more the church shines forth as a counter-witness in the world, because that's just not how people rule in this world. That's not what it looks like. But we can be at odds with that, and that's a beautiful thing. Because what would the church look like if we ruled our families completely from that law, from the law of charity? What would our workplace look like if you ruled over those at your work with that law. So we hope that the church models that. We pray for Bishop Better that he can model that for all of us as the bishop of our diocese. 
We pray that he might have the wisdom and courage to lead our church in a time when no one wants to be a bishop. Uh, It's a difficult time to be a bishop in the church. But he's called to love as Christ loves, and we pray for him in that. The kingship of Christ is not of this world, but when we see someone rule in that way, we we know that that is how things ought to be. That there's no greater kingdom than that. It's the only one we pledge ourselves to. So let that same love rule in your heart. In every place where you have authority in this world, rule as Christ rules, with self-sacrificial love. If we as Christians could do that, especially in a world ruled by pride and derision and resentment, where everyone hates those over whom they rule, and they, and they rule from that hate, then we would change the world. We would actually change the world in concrete ways. So let us have the courage to do that so that we may be that light that shines forth Christ's kingdom in this world. Amen.